Buongiorno, benvenuto. Hello and welcome. Welcome, that is, to City Breaks Florence Extra, the very first episode in an experiment that I've devised, which I feel I should explain. So, we have 19 episodes on Florence, and I'm very proud of all of them. I like to think that between them they cover most of the history and culture that it would be good to know before you visit the city, so that you really get the most out of your visit. However, can we really say that even 19 episodes is enough to cover everything about that beautiful Tuscan city? Of course not. And so I have devised City Breaks Florence Extra, which is going to be a mini-series, three or four episodes, which are going to add to everything that's already there, and I hope be different in two key ways. One, Florence Today, an update. And two, and more importantly, it's not just going to be me talking. I've got a little list of guests that I'm really excited about. They are all based in Florence, so they all really know what they're talking about. So they'll be able to give us a new perspective, some updates, an insight into Florence today. They will be new voices in both senses of the word. In the coming weeks, for example, I will be talking to Andrea Giordani from Feel Florence, the official tourist office in Florence, and also to Helen Farrell, editor-in-chief of The Florentine, The English magazine, which is based in Florence, comes out every month and is chock full of news and culture and ideas for things to do in the coming months in the city. But today, our very first guest is Danielle from Ciao Florence. So before we listen to what she had to tell me, let me just introduce Ciao Florence. It's a travel company which started in 2008 with a little office and a friend who was a bus driver, but which has grown massively now occupies a big office in a historic building near the Piazza del Duomo, 40 travel professional staff, a multilingual team, 350,000 customers in 2018. And they offer a huge range of tours and activities, so I knew that they would have lots to tell us. Just as examples, there are walking tours in Florence, some of which will take you into particular buildings, the Duomo perhaps, or one of the big galleries. There are less obvious walks, for example, the one entitled The Panoramic Terraces, which will take you up to see Piazza de Michelangelo and Fiesole, two areas just outside the city centre, another one called In the Footsteps of Dante. They do lots of different tours out into Tuscany as well, and all sorts of what you might call specials, bike tours, cooking classes, specialist art tours. Just as an example, here's a little quote from something you can find on their website in the section which is telling you about a special tour around one of the big exhibition rooms in the Uffizi Gallery. You might find that this sounds slightly familiar if you've already listened to the Florence series, because they've picked out exactly the same room that I did in episode 17, which was indeed all about the Uffizi. I don't think that's a coincidence, I think it's an example of great minds thinking alike. Anyway, here's the quote which will show you just the level of detail that you can find out both from the website and, of course, more importantly, from the tour itself. They're talking about Exhibition Room 2 in the Uffizi Gallery, which has three 13th century masterpieces, all with the same title, Maesta, which means majesty, and which are works of art on wooden panels depicting the Virgin Mary on a throne by three different artists, Duccio, Cimabue and Giotto. Okay, so here's what it says. Both Duccio and Cimabue's Maesta have similar Byzantine techniques, although Cimabue was beginning to experiment with space techniques. Giotto's Maesta stands out because the Virgin Mary has a more 3D shape, 
as she was painted using a dimension box technique. Giotta's Maestra is clearly the most realistic representation of the Virgin Mary, and Giotta was the first artist to humanise characters in paintings. He was the artist who started the transition into Florence's famous Renaissance era. Okay, so that's just a little introduction to the idea that this is a tour company which can help you really get the most out of your time in Florence by giving you the background, the detail. That seems to me to chime very well with City Break's intention, which, as I'm sure you've heard me say before, is to bring you all the history and culture that you would research for yourself if only you had the time, and which would really increase your understanding and enjoyment of a trip to Florence. So then, without further ado, let's listen to the interview. This is, in fact, my very first attempt at interviewing somebody and turning it into a podcast, and I think it's gone pretty well, but there are one or two little blips with the sound, due, I think, to an internet connection somewhere. But the content's really interesting, and I hope you'll bear with us and enjoy everything that Danielle has to tell us. Here she is. Danielle, can you tell me what role do you play in Chow Florence? Yeah, so my name is Danielle, and I'm the creative copywriter at Chow Florence, um, which is our local tour operator here. Uh, We're stationed in Florence, and we provide a lot of regular and private tours all over Italy. Uh, For example, Venice, Rome, Naples, Milan, Siena, Bologna, Sorrento, and obviously Florence. Uh, We also do tours outside of Florence um, in other cities. Lovely. Thank you very much. So I wanted to start. You have a tour called Best of Florence. And I expect it's got on it lots of the things that I talked about in my podcasts. But when your guides take somebody on that tour, what are the really popular things to visit in the city of Florence? What do tourists like best? Yeah, so our Best of Florence tour is one of the perfect ways to see the highlights, the monuments, everything that you need to see on a trip to Florence. Um, It's perfect for people who love history, who want to see place of the Renaissance. So On this tour, we go with a local guide and start in Piazza della Repubblica, which is one of our most historic and elegant piazzas. From there, you can see the Porcellino bronze boar statue, um, which you'll hear on this tour a little bit about the secrets, the uh, legends of Florence, including that statue, um, which is supposed to bring good luck if you rub the nose of the wild boar. You go to the Ponte Vecchio, which is the oldest bridge in Florence. And then after that, um, you could head to Piazza Signorina, which is one of the most historic, beautiful piazzas. It's like an open-air museum. You can see the Palazzo Vecchio, which is the historic town hall, and the Loggia dei Lanzi, which hosts beautiful statues, all just in the piazza. So it's a gorgeous, gorgeous place. And then, of course, from there, we go to the San Giovanni Square, which is home to the Duomo, uh, as well as the Baptistry. Giotto's Bell Tower, and our guests have the option to add on a skip-the-line ticket so they can enter the cathedral, which is honestly one of the perfect ways to see Florence, learn about the history, walk through the city, and really see what you need to see for the, the best and main monuments of Florence. Okay, thank you. That sounds good, actually, because I think everything you mentioned I have talked about on my podcast, so people hopefully will recognize all those things. But two places that you mentioned on your website, which I didn't talk about. I thought you could tell us a little bit about those. I think they might go together. There's one called the Piazzale Michelangelo and Fiesole. Can you tell us a little bit about those two places that are in Florence, are they? 
Yes, so Piazzale Michelangelo and Fiesole are two gorgeous, gorgeous towns. Well, Piazzale Michelangelo is not a town. In Florence, um, it's a view basically on the other side of the river in the Otrarno area. And it's this gorgeous viewpoint where you have a breathtaking view of the city of Florence. You can see the Ponte Vecchio, the river. You can see all of Florence, the whole city. It's one of the most gorgeous places to watch the sunset. People love to go up there for photos, to have a picnic, to enjoy a glass of wine. Can you tell me why it's called after Michelangelo? Why is it called that? Do you know? Uh, There is a statue there that Michelangelo built. Ah. um, So you can see it in the main center of that piazza. It's um it's a copy of the David statue that Michelangelo ah. built. So it's kind of a replica, so you can come see it, but it's it's become very famous for just having such a panoramic view of the city. And then Fiesole is a town that's about 20 minutes north of Florence. So it's located up in the hills just a little bit more. And it's another gorgeous, gorgeous place where you have a beautiful picturesque view. You can see the hills, you can see all of Florence, you can see the Duomo in the distance. So going to these two places, I think there's no better introduction to seeing Florence than through this bird's eye view. And we do this tour where our guests have two hours. You're taken by car to Piazza Michelangelo, which is amazing because like I said, it's high up. So there's a lot of steps that you have to climb if you're not doing our tour because our tour takes you by car. Uh-huh. Um, so you can relax, you make it to the top, uh, you have some time to take photos, enjoy the view, um, and then you'll fall in love with the city from this view. And then after that, the driver will take uh, our participants to Fiesole. uh, And on the drive, it's beautiful because you're going to pass through some elegant villas, some views of the vineyards in the distance, and the gorgeous hills of Tuscany you'll see. So you arrive just above Florence, and then Once again, you have a beautiful view, and then you get a little bit of time to walk through the piazza of Fiesole, and it's like a very quaint, small town, but it's gorgeous, gorgeous. Right. Thank you. I think next time I come to France, I must make sure I do that because I missed that last time. Okay. yeah, it's it's a must, and it's kind of not so popular, not so known, I would say. Right. Okay. Thank you. And then I know that you do day trips, don't you, a little bit further out from Florence. So do you want to pick? Maybe one of those and tell us where you go and how long it takes and what you see when you get there. Yes. So we do a lot of different trips in Florence, around Florence, but also amazing day trips. Uh, One of my favorite is taking you out of the region of Tuscany and into Liguria to see Cinque Terre. Um, Cinque Terre is one of our most popular day trips. It's a beautiful, beautiful destination, one of the most enchanting landscapes in the world. It's full of colorful houses vibrant uh, streets, cobblestone alleys, beautiful striking cliffs over a sparkling water. It's amazing because it's really these beautiful homes that are suspended between these cliffs and the sea. So it looks like a gorgeous paradise. Chibatere means five villages. So on this tour, we will take everybody from Florence early in the morning. We hop on our private bus and we take everybody to La Spezia, which is the town right before Cinque Terre. And from there, we all take the train together just a few minutes and arrive in Cinque Terre, the five villages, and we see four of the five villages uh, during this day. Lovely. How long does the journey take from Florence to Cinque Terre? It's about three hours, uh, two and a a half hours by Mm -hmm. bus um, with our private bus, which is nice. 
We start in one village called uh, Manarola, which is gorgeous, beautiful little town. We have some time to walk around. Uh, Manarola is most famous for its beautiful viewpoint. Uh, there's this famous viewpoint of all of the colorful houses. So here, when we first arrive, our tour guide will show the participants the area, show them the beautiful lookout point, and then the guests have some free time to go in the water, to walk around, uh, explore the village a little bit. And then we move to the next village uh, called Monteroso, where again, you have free time. Um, you can go into the sea, walk around the town, go to the churches, hike a little bit. And then we offer a traditional lunch, which includes the local pesto that's famous in this region of Liguria, and also an amazing seafood salad. And then from there, we go to another village. And on this tour, usually we take the train between each village. It's just a few minutes, the train. It's a very cool area because you can't drive by car. So you either can go by sea, uh, by a boat, hiking, or by this inter-village train. So from one of the villages, we take a boat and we go from Monteroso to Vernazza, which is one of the other villages, have some time there, and then lastly, go to Rio Maggiore. They're all gorgeous and have amazing panoramic views, lovely shops, and beautiful, beautiful churches and sea views. Thank you. It does sound like a day out to die for. Oh, it is. <laughs> and it's um, actually the new Disney movie that came out recently, Luca, takes place in that area. It's supposed to be Cinque Terre in Liguria. Um, so if you've seen that, those colorful, bright houses, that's what you're going to see. Um, on uh-huh. OK, thank you. And then I noticed that you do what you call, I might call special tours. So there's one that says a Tuscan cooking class, for example. I was wondering, what am I cooking if I do that day? That's one of my favorite activities in Florence. Um, I think it's a great way to really taste and try the flavors of Tuscany. On the cooking class, it's really, really exciting because you start out with a tour of the market. So the famous Mercado Centrale, which is our central market located in the Piazza of San Lorenzo. It's really cool because you have a chance to walk around with your tour guide, learn a lot about the local products there, as well as see a lot of the fruit stands, the veggie stands, the meats, the cheeses. You can try some tastes of some cheese, truffle, things like this, things that you'll find locally here in the market. So you start the tour with that and get the ingredients. So depending what's in season, um, and usually on this tour, you get to cook an amazing, amazing full course meal, including an appetizer, um, often like a bruschetta. Can you just tell us what a bruschetta is for anyone who doesn't know? Yeah, so a bruschetta, it's basically you have a little bit of bread here. It's called like a crostini um, for multiple breads. And it's topped with tomatoes, fresh tomatoes and drizzles of olive oil. So the extra virgin olive oil is huge here in Tuscany. Many, many vineyards will make it locally very close just outside in the hills of Florence. So especially now coming up in the fall, it's harvest season. So it's perfect time to get the new oil. So you can drizzle that on your bruschetta and it's delicious. Um, So I always recommend for people coming in the fall, a cooking class is amazing. It's a great time to do it. The next course is, so after the appetizer, we will make a few different types of pasta. You know, every tour is special, every tour is different. So it depends on the day, but typically you'll make either a ravioli and like a tagliatelle, so the long strip noodles, the long strips of pasta by hand, as well as a ravioli, often with a ragu. 
You could do, we've done a butter sage sauce with the ravioli before, or we've done just like a simple tomato and meat ragu. It's a really great way to learn. You work with the chef who shows you how to do each step. And the best part is you get to eat it. And so what might I get? What kind of dessert might I make, do you think? Typical ones. One of the ones we like to do is a tiramisu. That's a staple, staple dessert that you'll find here in Florence. Very easy to make. And what sort of thing goes um, into it? What are the ingredients? I mean, not the recipe, but roughly. Yeah, so usually the tiramisu is made uh, with this handmade cream. You beat the eggs until you get this cream, espresso, often some cacao powder, and it whips up to this fabulous, fluffy, very delicious, very light, decadent dessert. Love. And then you get to enjoy it with a little bit of our regional wine. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And then just lastly, on the tours, you do a different one called the Taste of Tuscany Day. So is that going out into the area around the city or what are you doing then? So for our Taste of Tuscany tour, you actually will take a bike tour um, and into the hills of Tuscany quite a little bit. So it's great. You start in Florence, make your way into the hills with a visit to a winery for an olive oil and wine tasting. So you get to try a little bit local products, again, with your wine and olive oil tasting. And then you get to take the bike through a beautiful scenic path. It's not just go, go, go. You have a chance to stop, take in the beautiful view. And you end back at Piazzale Michelangelo, like we discussed before. And then you take the bikes down um, and arrive back in the neighborhood of San Nicolo, which is the neighborhood right under Piazzale Michelangelo, uh, for a nice, relaxing gelato. Oh, gelato, ice cream. Is that right? Yes, exactly. So it's a perfect way to end all of your hard work of biking and wine tasting. You get to relax with some gelato. Right. Lovely. Thank you. Um, Have we missed anything out? Yes, your vintage Fiat tour. Do tell me about that. Basically, on this tour, you take a Fiat 500 and make the most of your time in Tuscany by driving into the hills. You're given the guide to know where to go, these hidden roads in the countryside. Um, where you'll have a chance to see olive groves, vineyards, medieval castles, hillside villa estates, and even more panoramic views. So it's a great way to get out of the city center. Um, I think it's a great chance for people maybe who've been to Florence before or for people who have a few days in Florence so they can spend time in the city. But then you take a day where you get to drive out into the countryside and really see the true Tuscany from a different kind of angle and a different view. And doing it in the Fiat 500 is just this classic, beautiful way to experience, uh, as we say, la dolce vita, the beautiful life here. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. Well, lovely. Thank you. Have I missed anything out? Another one of our tours we'd love to talk about is another day trip we do, which is going into Tuscany. I think it's kind of the perfect trifecta for your first time in Tuscany. We take people from Florence to Siena, San Gimignano and Pisa. So it's a full day tour um, that we do. We leave early in the morning, just like Cinque Terre, and we go to these three different towns and it's a long but gorgeous worthwhile day. Yes, it sounds great. Okay, lovely. Thank you. I just had a few very quick questions at the end. I think you're half expecting. Can we just go through those? So this is you just say whatever you think as soon as it comes into your head. So first, you've got a new visitor to Florence. They've never been before. On the first morning, where are you taking them? I would take any visitor first thing in the morning straight to a local bakery, somewhere small uh, where they can take a coffee uh, and try something that's in season. 
um, just at a local bakery shop at a pastacheria. Yes, that does sound very nice. Okay. And of all the tours that you've been on yourself, what is the favorite site of all the things you've seen in France for you personally? Nothing to do with visitors. If you were going out yourself for the morning, where would you choose to go? For me personally, I am a huge beach lover. Uh, so Cinque Terre for me is one of my personal favorites, just to be near the water. And you can't be unhappy when you're in that area. It's just too beautiful. Okay, lovely. Next question. You've got a visitor who says, oh, I've seen everything in Florence, I'm sure. If you're thinking to yourself, I bet you haven't seen something or other, what, what would that be? Something that most people miss, don't know about? I would say getting up into Fiesole is something that's often missed. Um, it's something most people don't realize how close it is, but that it's considered enough, another town and the views there are gorgeous. Or just getting out into the countryside in general. So a wine tasting, if someone hasn't done that, I think that's the best way to experience Florence and Tuscany. You're very clever. You've picked two things I did not do myself, even though I was there for a whole week. <laughs> See, now you have to come back and do these. I will. Right. Okay. Let's move on to the evenings. Your favorite way to spend an evening out in Florence? For me personally, I just love walking around the city at night, um, catching the sunset and walking along the river, um, usually from a bridge in front of or behind the Ponte Vecchio, the famous bridge, and you can see the sunset and look at the gorgeous views or up at Piazzale Michelangelo for a sunset. Okay, lovely. And last but one, you go out to a restaurant in Florence. You're not going foreign this time you're going to eat something very typically Florentine what would you choose so if I'm going out with some friends for a special occasion I love Florence's famous bistecca la fiorentina it's this massive t-bone steak it's very very Florentine very local here so that's one of my favorite favorite dishes and I would say if I don't want meat something a little lighter than the steak is a nice plate of pasta um, the parpadella cinghiale which is the wild boar Carpadelli is delicious. Okay, lovely. And then last, very last question of all. You've got one sentence to sum up what you like about Florence. Can you, can you do that? Difficult, but I can. <laughs> um, for me, Florence is just surrounded by so much beauty and history. It's impossible not to be amazed no matter how long you're here for, or how many times you've been. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. Thank you very much. There you go. I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you very much to Danielle for her time. You may have noticed one or two sound blips, and in fact there was one little section which I took out because it was very wobbly, so I wanted to just go back and tell you what Danielle had to say about that. It was towards the end of the interview, and she was talking about a possible day out from Florence to visit three other towns and cities in Tuscany, namely Siena, Pisa and San Gimignano. I think she may have referred to this trip as, quote, the perfect trifactor for your time in Tuscany. That is not a word I've ever heard, but I did enjoy learning it. Trifactor. Anyway, I just wanted to add what she said about the three towns. Siena, beautiful medieval town, really a place to enjoy history and architecture. In Pisa, she said, of course you'll want to see the Leaning Tower. But don't forget, there's also a beautiful central piazza. There's a cathedral dating in part from the 11th century. And then San Gimignano, a beautiful hilltop town. Think medieval towers. Think 13th century city walls all around. Gorgeous to walk around in its own right, and also because it's one of those places from which you can look out and see the surrounding landscapes. Of course, I would like to round off by giving you the website address for Ciao Florence. 
Don't forget, it'll also be in the show notes as a link so you can get straight to it in one click. But just for reference, it's www.chiaoflorence.it. That's the main website. And if you put forward slash en, you'll get the English version. Do go and have a look whether you're off to Florence sometime soon and want to check up things that you could be doing when you get there, or whether you just want to browse the information there and take the opportunity to learn quite a lot about the city. Okay, so next week then, a new guest and a different perspective. Perhaps in the meantime, if you don't know our Florence series, you'd like to go and have a look for that. You can find all 19 episodes on the website www.citybreakspodcast.co.uk or of course you can track them down on most podcast platforms. Just type in City Breaks. And as the very briefest of reminders, I thought I might just mention that some of the episodes take you to places you're going to want to visit. The Duomo, the various palazzos, some of the big galleries bring you a little history to put things into context and give you some pointers towards how to get the most out of your time there, which things to look out for. People feature too, of course, very heavily. In fact, some of them are so important they even get their own episode. People like Dante and Machiavelli, Galileo, Michelangelo. There'll be mini biographies, there'll be details of where to find them in the city today. Again, stuff it helps to know if you're going to get the most out of your visit. Also, there are one or two other episodes, one on travel writing, for example, with some extracts from people in the past who went to Florence and what they thought about it. And the final episode is called Literary Florence, with some reading ideas for novels set in the city. OK, so with that, let's wind up for today. I'd like to finish by thanking my guest Danielle once again, and of course the other staff at Charles Florence who helped me organise it all. Shout out to Pamela. I'm guessing that might be Pamela in Italian. Sorry if I've got the pronunciation wrong, but thank you very much for your help. And I hope you feel I've done you all justice. And so it just remains for me to thank everyone for listening and to hope that you will indeed join me next week to meet a new guest. I think the short form of that in Italian might be grazie mille, arrivederci. <laughs>